from Cape Town. This is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. So, to Lelfiat. Voice of the Millennials. With Yasin Kibi. Igniting the youth. Assalamualaikum. Welcome back to the Voice of the Millennials with myself, Yasin Kipi. Uh, an interesting project that I've seen, uh, you know, on social media through Facebook about another type of social media that is focused on the Muslim narrative. You know, honing our focus on something that is really productive for us without any of the other chatter about other events and other things that uh, some of which are, are really clearly haram and really detrimental to our lives. And that's the Uli Network, founded by Ustaz Muhammad Shakur, who is uh, joining us now from Malaysia, I believe. Assalamu alaikum, Ustaz. Alaikum, Assalamu warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Yep, we are here in Kuala Lumpur, uh, Malaysia. Alhamdulillah. So, I mean, uh, let me before I go on to Uli Network itself, which is a really fascinating project, one of the effects of globalization is the understanding of different civilizations from afar. And you've traveled all the way from America and settled down now in Malaysia. Tell us about that move. Uh, yeah, well, I'm... Um, I've been traveling since 2001, actually. So originally from Canada, actually, North America. Um, <laughs> okay. In 2000, in, in about the year 2000, I accepted Islam. And um, that inspired me to, you know, that was a lot of where the inspiration of uh, study came from and wanting to learn more. So I first went to Taiwan in 2001 to 2003 and started teaching um I was an English teacher there for two years. Um, I ended up getting married there. And then from there, I went to India. I spent seven months in India. And then after, you know, India was, it it was very difficult for me. I couldn't, um, I couldn't transition. I got very sick there. So I went to Cairo and I stayed in Cairo for 10 years. Um, And I think it was about 2011, 2012, I moved to South Africa. And I stayed there for five years. And then after that, I ended up in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. So it was kind of like a whole trip around the world just to get here. Wait, so you've been to South Africa? I wasn't aware of that. I, yeah, I lived in South Africa for five years. I lived in uh, KwaZulu-Natal in Durban. Oh, my um, God. I, was a, I, was, I went there to do some studies. Um, I specialized in Hadith in Camperdown with Mulana Muhammad. And um, after that, I taught there for about two years. And then I came to Malaysia. And unfortunately, I didn't make it to Cape Town. I killed myself every day for this one. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I think um, if the Cape Townian would say the same thing, the best part of South Africa is our city. <laughs> but uh, the, the, yeah, the, well, the, yeah, there's, yeah, there's Baraka in Durban as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, right. I guess for me, it was, the, you know, people keep telling me, it's like, I was planning to make a trip there and I had a good friend uh, named Saeed. He used to love going to Cape Town. He's like, you, you Shakur, you don't go there until you're ready to leave South Africa. Because if you go there, you're not coming back. He's like, I know you. If you go there, you're not coming back. So I kept on planning, but spontaneously, I ended up um, just getting up and, and um, leaving South Africa. So I had planned. I wasn't, I wasn't really planning to leave South Africa anytime soon. But it ended up being that I, you know, I had to get up and leave spontaneously, so I didn't get to make my trip to 
mm-hmm. Cape Town, but it's always open. It's still an open door. Yeah, marhaban. Our arms are definitely open, welcoming you to Cape Town if ever you, you decide to move here. Uh, but you've been doing lots of work traveling for a long time now, and and this is really a culmination of, uh, I suppose, different frustrations, different ideas. Tell us about Uli Network. Well, Uli Network, um, you know, previous to this, when I was, you know, studying in Egypt, I've always been into technology. Um, I always, I always been inquisitive about, you know, learning different programming languages, and everything for me started from. Um, wanting to write blog articles. So I remember when I was e- in Egypt, I first thing I did was I Googled how to make a blog. And then WordPress came up. And then, you know, I used to, you know, I was banging my head off the computer trying to figure out how to set up WordPress. And then I learned how to set up WordPress. And then I, I'm like, I want to change the color. I want to change a function. So I started to learn, you know, HTML, CSS, and PHP. You know, so one website led to another, you know, I had about three or four over the eight years. I had about, you know, three or four different websites. But, you know, I always knew that I was I was going to something bigger. I just couldn't get my hands on it. So people always used to ask, why do you always have a website for two years and it shuts down? But they never understood that, you know, every website I had was like a project. So making a social media network was always something that I wanted to do, but I didn't have enough information to do so. So, you know, alhamdulillah, it ended up coming that this concept just came to my head and I started writing on, you know, papers, on whiteboards, and then, um, you know, making the front end look how I wanted it to look, how I wanted it to function. And then, you know, alhamdulillah, Uli was born. So Uli is, it's a social network like any other social network, but it's focusing on the Muslim narrative because, when you look at technology or when you look at the Internet specifically, the the problem that we have is not information. It's filtering. And if you look at the trend of social media platforms or apps in general, users don't want an application that does everything or includes every community. So after Facebook, you look at LinkedIn. I mean, why make LinkedIn? I could connect with people in uh, I could connect with people, um, you know, business people on Facebook, but it's for a community of people that want to, you know, connect for business. So same thing, you know, you have these other apps like Tinder, there were people want to connect for relationships, whatever the case may be, people are looking for specific based applications. Now, as Muslims, the thing that Uli Network is covering is something quite unique because Whether Muslims are online or offline, we are already a community, whether we want to be or we don't want to be. By the very nature of being an ummah, we are a community. We need ways to connect. The problem that we have now on Facebook and other platforms is that we're a fragmented community. So the way that the only way for me to find you is or to connect with you or to connect with any other Muslims is to be on this network and then add everybody who I don't know as a friend in order to kind of connect to this, you know, social media Muslim community that's fragmented all over the network. So by coming to uh, Uli Network, it's just the place where the Muslim narrative is the foundation of the platform. So once you come in, the content that you see is going to be content that generally relates to you because it's a Muslim friendly social network and the core foundation of it is a Muslim narrative. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was, I was reading this uh, quote uh, the other day about 
what uh, Imam Samar Qandi said uh, about media itself. He said, um, Abu Qasim al-Hakim fitna dunya tansha'u min thalafati nafar min qail al-akhbar wa talib al-istima'i al-akhbar wa multaqa al-akhbar. So I was scared for myself. MashaAllah, MashaAllah. Everything is, everything is, everything's a means, everything's a vehicle, right? And it's nothing beyond Beyond that, everything is up to, you know, the user and how people take it. That's mm-hmm. one one thing people tend to overlook. It's like, you know, you can quote something, I can quote something, and then we can pass it off to 10 people and each one uses it different, right? Mm-hmm. So I kind of look at um, technology as like the same. Like, you know, people have this idea, yeah, you know, smartphones are like this and social media is like this. It's like, you no, know, social media doesn't do anything. Phones don't do anything. You need to take accountability for what you do. Right. So the way I mean, it's not to say that things don't have more influence, you know, over human beings and others. But at the end of the day, as Muslims, accountability is what matters. So if you drink alcohol, we all understand that alcohol is evil. We all understand that shaitan entices us to do evil, but it doesn't escape us from accountability. Right. So that's kind of what, you know, the, the attitude that we kind of need, because when we when we look at Muslims in the past, you know, we kind of get like we we look at the great things they did, you know, like scholars were like scientists. They were they were I mean, cryptography that we use today is coming from scholars in the past. Mm-hmm. Al-Kharizmi, he, he was he was known for for um, establishing the science of cryptography. And that's what we use for cybersecurity today. Yeah. So it's very important to, you know, for Muslims to be productive And, you know, we're living in a digital age. So whether we like technology or we don't like technology is beyond um, the concern. We're here. We're living in this time. We need to learn how to use, you know, technology productively. So hopefully Uli Network can be a good example of that. That's that's really uh, idealistic and wonderful and sounds beautiful. Uh, and and I'm sure we can speak about the technology behind it and the difficulty, or perhaps ease in, in set, setting it up. But in terms of this filtering idea uh, on social media, this is something that is obviously needed. But how does one go about doing so? Because um, you know, in some some of my experiences, it's been you know really catastrophic and difficult conversations and um, somewhat uh, you know foul language being used by Muslims. Uh, you know more than my experience with non-Muslims. Uh, you know, so so how do you navigate th- through all of th- these issues? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned foul language because we actually use an AI package that will detect any foul language and replace it with asterisks. So on the Uli network, even if a person were to put in foul language, like a like a like a you know a curse word it would just turn up to be asterisks. You wouldn't even be able to see it. So we put that in there in order to kind of discourage people from using foul language. Also, I think um, one of the main things that is needed on social media, which is also going to make Uli Network a lot different, is that the platform itself is going to constantly be encouraging good. When you're on platforms like Twitter or Facebook, there's never, ever any reminder coming from the administration, you know, side to constantly encourage people to do, um, you know, to do good or to speak good or to, you know, interfere inside the comments and be like, come on, guys, let's let's be, you know, let's stop the conversation here or let's be a bit more respectful. 
So it's like the wild west on social media platforms and people tend to lose, um, you know, lose focus. And a lot of people even lose their, their, their character in the process of a debate. Now, as Muslims, we have to debate. That's the nature of it. I mean, anybody who is passionate about something is going to debate, but we need to kind of steer, you know, the conversation to something more productive. So, so debating is not a bad issue. I don't think debating is bad. I just think the way we go about debating sometimes could be detrimental to our faith and detrimental to our character, detrimental to our adab. But I think on Uli Network, we will help to curb that by constantly encouraging people to do good. So I think a lot of Muslims that are coming to this platform are coming with the high aspirations that it'll be like a break from Facebook. Like if you, you know, if you log into the app now and you, you know, you just see there's about 650 people on there and everybody just has high aspirations like, ah, finally a break, finally something positive. Right. So that's kind of what we'll do from our side to, you know, uh, encourage people to, you know, keep it productive and, and, um, you know, not be, you know, not be rude or not be harsh. There's even a few new unique things on there that you won't find on other social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, one is generally as Muslims, I, uh, you know, being activists or even being scholars, we like to share references. Now, on social media platforms like Facebook, if you put two links or three links, mm-hmm. only one link will display. Yes. On ours, if you even if you put 10 links, you'll see a you'll see a link slider. And you can just slide all the links. So you can preview all the links right in the post without even clicking on a link. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's one thing. Also, audio posts. Nobody has audio posts. On ours, we have, we have audio posts. So you can go to um, pre-post, and then you'll see a microphone there. And then you can, you can do an audio record uh, recording um, for, for about a minute. Um, HD photos, if you scroll through the timeline, you'll see that the, the photos are very high quality, something that, um, you know, in the beginning, Instagram could only, you know, could only do so much. But now that cloud services are very big, I mean, we just went with HD, uh, HD um, photos from the very beginning. Awesome. Shukran so than, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, inshallah. No, no. Um, other than that... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're just we're just um, we're about to put in the block system, mm-hmm. um, high post system. We have mentions, yes. we have hashtags. You know, it's it's a social media platform. And in the next about month, about I would say two months, we'll have a chat system um, mm-hmm. inside. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it takes just less than a minute to register. Really, I've just set mine up now while we've been speaking, and uh, it's it's quite fascinating. It's quite interesting. Um, but but I think you're still in the test period before you actually do the full launch? Yes. Right now what we're doing is we're doing a beta test and we're probably looking to launch somewhere at the end of uh, next month, but we haven't really set the date yet. Um, Everything right now is working fine in our beta testing. We're just adding a bit more features and then getting people on board to test so that, you know, we can sort out the bugs. It's very tricky. So when you launch an app, you can't just launch it to the public because you will never ever build an app perfect without any flaws in the beginning. You have to get people on board, let them test it, and then give you feedback, and then you can fix the bugs. So right now we're just um, we're in beta testing, but everything is going smooth. Uh, our servers on the back end are very strong. One of the main things that me personally, what I focused on is 
quality, right? We, we have had social media platforms in the past. And um, even though they, did, they, they, they didn't succeed, I still give them their respect because they planted the seed. You know, 10 years ago, you had to make everything browser based. It wasn't easy to make something quality. But now that you have more technology and more frameworks, it's a lot easier to make quality. So we built everything in Uli from scratch. So everything that you see in Uli is basically the way that I wanted it to be. So we didn't use any cheap technology in order to, um, you know, in order to build the app, which is why you will feel, you know, you will feel the quality in it when you use it. And I think that's a big concern that a lot of skeptics, you know, I came across a lot of Muslims and some Muslims I still know that are a bit skeptic. They're like, oh, I've seen this before. Oh, I've seen this before. So they have this idea that, okay, Uli is just going to be some other cheap technology that, you know, just some other Muslims made and it's been done in the past. And I don't think I'll ever use it. Absolutely. Uh, the ingredients of quality, you know, is of course the aesthetics, how it looks, but also the security. And a lot of people are leaving Facebook and, uh, you know, other social media because of the risk of all your information getting out there due to hackers, right. etc. Yeah, tell us about the security of Uli Network. Right. You can go on our website and read our privacy policy. We made it very clear. And I should say I made it very clear that your data is not up for sale and it's not to be exposed to any third party or, or marketing agencies. The only data that would be exposable, if to any third party, would be for aggregated purposes. For example, when you're on the front end, you can see how many posts I liked or how many people like this post or how many people share this post. They're just more like statistics. So personal data is, is a complete no-go on Uli Network to be sold to third parties. So there's no worry about, you know, um, you know, the ethics of, of Facebook where, you know, they were selling their data, leaking their, you know, people's personal data to all these third party uh, marketing agencies. We're totally against that policy. And we made it very clear in our privacy policy that that's out of the question. And on that topic, a lot of people are like, oh, why didn't you make it easy? And allow us to sign in through Facebook. You know, when you go into a lot of apps now, you can just, you know, forget setting up an account. Just yeah. log in through Gmail and log in through Facebook. We we have it. We did it. It's possible to do. It's not difficult. It's just using something called an SDK. But just to verify my 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 suspicions, we added it to the app, and then I got an analyze net, uh, a network analyzer on my phone to see what traffic is going in and out of the application. And when you have that, in, when you have people logging in through the app through Facebook or Gmail, it's sending data back out. So you think people are just logging into your platform to make it convenient, but what's tied to that is that Facebook has access to your um, has access to your data. So I said no, that's off the table. And I didn't add it, even though it's considered a common convenience in apps today. I want to make a platform that's totally separate from depending on any other platform. Okay, now, j just before I ask you how to actually you know, get onto the app, etc., uh, you, you spoke about, you, you mentioned the word ethics, of course. Uh, and you right. know, what is the ethics of liking posts and sharing and you know, these various like buttons. And sometimes people say, oh, it just adds to people's ego. Or it adds to people's popularity, which is really not very good in Islam. What's your perspective on that? Hmm. Well, it's, I mean, with anything, 
if you like something by somebody, like you go to somebody, tell them, yeah, I liked your book. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. So like I said, the act of liking a post isn't a problem. But the fact of, you know, for somebody getting an ego out of the post or for a person using it with the intention of popularity, it's always the act of a person that's wrong. So liking a post or sharing a post isn't, um, you can say by nature, something wrong for people to do. But people who are looking for what they call talab shuhra people who are looking to be famous, then yes, that's a bad thing in Islam. I'll give you another example. Let's just say we have a conference, right? I'm going to be on stage, right? And there's going to be thousands of people down below me listening to what I'm going to say. Now, if I go up on that stage with the intention of pride or ego, then that's a bad thing. But are we going to turn around and say, okay, you know what? Having these events or having these conferences are considered a bad thing because people might go on stage and have ego. I mean, if we go that route, there will be thousands of things that we'll have to stop, that we'll have to stop doing just because there's a possibility that they might lead to uh, ego. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your, your time and, and all of this, you know, these questions being answered. Uh, lastly, uh, how can people get onto the app and uh, do you have any Patreon or anything where people can donate towards the app itself? Um, right now, the you can download the app. The easiest way to download it is just to go to ulinetwork.com and then follow the down the download procedure there. Android is already in the Android store in beta. But if you want to download the iOS app, you must go through the website and then download the beta version. And the reason for that is because Android will allow a beta app to go into the app store. But Apple has its own system called Test Flight. So it doesn't allow beta apps to go into the store. You must go through Test Flight. And Test Flight you will find on our website. So to make it easy, you can just go directly to Hoolinetwork.com. As soon as you get there, you'll see the button for download. It'll take you to the download page, and it's as simple as that. Um, in terms of in terms of donations, alhamdulillah, we built this for free. It's it's free for Muslims to use. There's no need to make donations at this point. Um, we're not looking to collect money. The most important thing is just people spread the word and um, they use it. That's basically that would be a sadaqa for us. Well, thank you. That's double O-L-I, ulinetwork.com. Uh, and you can join the app. Uh, I've already joined it, and I uh, hope to benefit from uh, people who, you know, are on there to share good and, of course, uh, some serious students of knowledge and, of course, scholars like uh, the person I guest this evening, Ustav uh, Muhammad Abdul Shakur. Uh, shukran so much to you and uh, all the best, inshallah, with, uh, with the app itself and uh, all your future endeavors. We hope to hear from you again, inshallah. Assalamu Live from Cape Town, this is the voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM.